love your bod pod. Mm, I feel like I haven't chatted with you guys in a while because the last two episodes, if I remember correctly, I released um, like pre-recorded stuff. So I feel like I haven't chatted with you guys. And, and, and to me, these podcasts feel like a conversation, like even though I'm literally like alone in my living room, but I imagine as if you're here with me and I'm talking directly to you. And so I feel like I haven't chatted with y'all in a minute. It's been a couple of weeks, so it feels good to be recording a podcast and speaking to you. Uh, for those of you who are new to me, my name is Kara Corinne Safeli. I'm a health coach. I'm an author, and I help people heal their relationships with food. I help them detach their worth from their weight, and I support them in creating amazing lives that they love. Instead of spending so much time thinking about food and their body and giving so much energy, I support them in focusing on other things that are more important to them. Because truly, I believe that the food obsession and constantly thinking about food and being really insecure in our skin, I really believe that that is no way to live. And I really believe that there is a better way to live. There's a different way, arguably better, but a different way. And I really want to support people in bringing that different way into reality for them in their lives where food is easy and it is no big deal. Y'all know that making food no big deal is like my mission statement to some degree. Now, today on the pod, I am going to be answering two questions that I received in the last week. One came through email and the other one came through direct messages and they were very similar. They had some overlaps and so I asked both of the women if it would be okay for me to respond to their questions on podcasts because I wanted to not only be able to really offer a response that I hope will be helpful, but I already know for a fact that a lot of you will likely have had similar situations and have similar questions. So... I don't have any major announcements for you before we dive in, except that the cookbook is officially done and I have a release date. The release date is January 28th, 2020, 2020. Oh my God, we're about to enter a new decade. Holy crap, more like holy shit, where'd the time go? And I will have some pre-order information soon for those of you that want to pre-order the book. And for those of you that do pre-order, there's going to be some epic surprises and gifts given to you from me for you pre-ordering the book because the pre-orders like incredibly help uh, the sale of the book, but they also help the publisher like know how many books to order and print. And so I want to give something in return to you, to those of you that do pre-order the book. So as soon as I have that pre-order information, I will be putting it out in the world. But I'm really excited that the book is done. And I always knew at some point that I would be writing a cookbook. I just had this knowing, this desire. And it's kind of incredible that like, yo, it's happening. I am such a big believer in bringing to life all of the things that we want. I am such a big believer in in 
going after our desires and if we can see it on the mirror of our minds, we can materialize it in our outer world. We can bring it to life. And this cookbook is only one example of that in my own life. And I know that you can probably pinpoint some examples in your life. And I want you to know that some, some of what I'm going to be doing more of in the future is actually really supporting people and not just healing their relationship with food, but really going after what it is that they want in their life, reaching their goals, empowering them to take action towards their dreams. And I'm really excited about that. Like that's definitely something I want to step into. And that is really a part of the evolution of Kara's Kitchen is really supporting people and not only getting the food and the body stuff out of the way, but in them going after what it is they actually really want, like facing their fears and giving themselves permission to dream big and to take action. So that was just a random tangent. I don't know where that came from. Probably my heart and my soul because I'm inspired and excited and we're getting towards the end of the year and I always think about like, okay, what am I going to do next year? This year was amazing. I did X, Y, and Z. I didn't do X, Y, and Z and I wanted to. What's the next year going to look like? So that's probably where that came from. But anyways, enough of me rambling. Five minutes of rambling. <laughs> okay, let's get into the questions. So I'm going to read you the two questions so that you have some context and then I'm going to get into the answer. So the first one says, hey, Kara, I have been loving your podcast so much. Today, I went to my favorite holistic pharmacy for some olive leaf extract and I started talking to an Ayurvedic practitioner there and got a sort of unsolicited diagnosis of a kapha imbalance. Any advice to, and advice, excuse me, and advice to not eat foods restricted for my blood type and that my skin looked a little oily and however, by the way, I had just worked out. They had said that my body looked very solid and stable and totally healthy and then something along the lines like kaffas are just heavier. I don't even know. It made me feel like she was saying I had extra weight on my pitta body. Bottom line, I was triggered. I have been pretty peaceful with food lately and kind of experimenting with kindness and choosing what feels healthy for me. My question is, how do you advise for when someone or something makes you feel less than and like you have to restrict food again? What's funny is a woman said the other night that I was tiny and it felt so good. Almost the other side of the same coin. Sending lots of love and gratitude. And for those of you that are listening who are not really sure what like Ayurveda is or what I am talking about when I say kapha or pitta or pitta or Ayurvedic practitioner, I just want to let you know that none of that is pertinent to my answer. So if you are interested more about Ayurveda, just put that aside for right now and Google it later because it is not necessary to know what Ayurveda is for my answers to be helpful. So I'm just going to skip talking about what Ayurveda is for the sake of time and because that's not what this podcast is about. Now, the second question I got is this. So growing up, I struggled a lot with acne and people used to make comments about my skin every now and then and I got really used to it and eventually didn't care anymore. I don't receive comments about my skin anymore until recently someone said directly as well as indirectly, quote, I was just kidding, quote, to me that I am ugly. I was hurt, I won't deny it, but I kept my mouth shut because I thought that person is immature and too shallow to understand. 
I am 21, and I know a lot of women, whatever their age is, receive comments about their appearance every now and then. What do you think? Is it important to speak up for yourself or just try to make peace with yourself and not care about what others are saying? What is your advice to all of the women out there? So I want to say thank you to both of the ladies for sending in their questions. And if you are listening and you have a question, you can always send them in to me. You can DM me at Kara's Kitchen on Instagram, Kara with a C, Kitchen with a K. Or you can go to my website, karaskitchen.net, and fill out the contact form. Or if you are on my email list, you can always just reply back to any of the emails that I send you. Those always go right back to my inbox. So, all right. I have three points I want to make in response to these questions, which are essentially about what do I do when I'm triggered and want to restrict? And what do I do when people make comments to me about my appearance or my food or what I look like? Like, what do I do with all of this stuff? And I felt like these com- these questions were related and had a lot in common, which is why I wanted to answer them both here on this one podcast. So the first point I want to make is, is actually acknowledging the fact that we live in a culture that allows unsolicited comments about bodies. It's actually a cultural norm in a lot of ways. So I want to chat about that a little bit. The second thing I want to talk about is uh, about our emotional attachment to our appearance and other people's opinions of our appearance. I want to talk about why we're emotionally attached and what we can do about it so that it doesn't impact us so much, right? Why, like, we feel good when someone says we're thin or beautiful and we feel bad when someone says we're fat or heavier or ugly. So let's talk about why we're emotionally attached to that and what we can do about it. And then the third thing is I actually want to share with you some like practical tips and insights in responding to comments and triggers like this when they arise. So you'll walk away with some actual practical things that you can start utilizing right away if you want to. Okay, so let's talk about the fact that it's culturally, culturally, it is totally normal to make comments and judge people for how they look. What I mean is like men will cat call women in the streets. Women will cat call men in the streets. We openly body shame online. Or we will openly talk about how hot or beautiful someone is online or in person. We'll body shame in person or talk about how beautiful someone is in person. Magazines will point out who has the best and worst body. People will talk about who has gained weight and who has lost weight. You know, this is very common in magazines. Or people will post before and after pictures online almost asking for people to comment on their appearance and the difference that, you know, the difference in their appearance. For example, or another example, we also like will even make fun of politicians for what they are wearing or if they've gained weight or lost weight. Like it's such a cultural norm that it happens within our government sector. People will make comments about men and women for their weight. Like I've seen fat jokes for us for both men and women on both sides of the party lines so what I'm getting at is that is a cultural norm to talk about people's appearance and what they look like and it's a part of diet culture so I want to illustrate this and why I wanted to point this out is so you can acknowledge that this doesn't this isn't happening to you in a vacuum this is actually like a cultural thing that is happening to people all of the time all over the place and I want to tell you that I'm sorry that people feel like they have a right to make comments on your body and your appearance. I also want to acknowledge that 
we have to look at both sides, right? Like people will say we're tiny or beautiful and it feels good. Or people will say we're heavier or fatter or uglier and it hurts. And at the end of the day, we cannot control other people and what they say. So hopefully I will be able to give you some helpful tools that you can start utilizing in your own life so that you can navigate this aspect of our culture more effectively and in ways that will empower you. Because sometimes people are just going to say shit and we get to decide how we want to respond. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll, you'll be equipped with some different ways that you can handle this situation. So I want to point out that this is the culture in which we're living and I want to support you in being the change that you wish to see in the culture. And one of the ways that you can do that is make an effort to not comment on other people's appearance and other people's bodies in your own life. So if you catch yourself doing it or if you catch people in your own life talking about other people's appearance and you want to, you can change the subject or say like, hey, can we talk about something else? And when you start to make that change within yourself, you make a commitment that you're not going to talk about other people's bodies and what they look like. You be an example for other people about how they can be. Now, that said, let's explore our emotional attachment to our body and weight. Why are we so emotionally attached to our appearance and what is there for us to do about it? Why do we feel good when someone says we're thin or tiny or beautiful? And why do we feel so bad or hurt when someone makes a comment around being heavy, fatter, or ugly, right? Like, why do we do this? Why are we emotionally attached? Why does it affect us so much? Why do we get triggered? That's really the questions here that we're answering and that will support us in how do we respond or navigate the triggers. So what I want to get across is that it is absolutely not your fault that you feel that way. That you feel good when someone says you're skinny or thin or you feel bad when someone says you're heavier or fat or ugly. It's not your fault that you feel that way. Rather, there is deep cultural programming that has led to you having this reaction to these types of comments. Don't get me wrong. Like when someone says something nice about us, it feels good. And when someone says something hurtful, it feels bad. That's kind of generic across the board. But we really want to look at why it impacts us so much as women and men, whoever, when people make comments about appearance. I'm going to talk about this mostly from the perspective of being a woman. And if you are a man or gender neutral, I I don't mean to be exclusive. You can still take a lot away from this. But I, I am a woman and so often I am able to speak more effectively from that perspective. So there is deep cultural programming that has led me to ha- uh, that has led you to having that type of reaction to those comments. So while women have always been held to a specific beauty ideal, you know, they've always kind of been more heavily judged and critiqued on what they look like. One that is arguably stricter than men, although that is slowly changing as well within our culture. Over the last century, particularly after World War II, it has gotten way out of control. It has become so intense and scary. It has gotten more extreme and more pressure than ever has been put on us. And there is a reason for this. So in the last century, particularly again after World War II, as women have gained more social agency, they've gained more social rights and more social freedoms as we've gained the right to vote, to get an education, to have body autonomy and make choices about our body, Uh, as we have been able to get the same jobs as men or we've been able to get a divorce, the pressure to be thin and beautiful has increased right along with our 
advancements in more of a social way. So what has happened is that we are told that although we are just as smart and just as capable as men and we're able to do these things as men, what actually matters most in this world is how nice we are to look at. I really want you to see that, that as women have gained more social freedoms in the world, there's been more pressure on them to look a certain way and it's actually become a new way to oppress us. As we've been given more social freedoms, we've been judged more heavily on what we look like. And that we should strive for that because if we don't, we will actually be held back in life and we will have less opportunities. Like we we're actually told that what we look like is really, really important. And if we don't look a certain way, it's actually going to impact the opportunities that we have in our life. And it's been a way for the cultural, I'm sorry, it's been a way for the current power structure and, and the current systems, men over women, to stay in place. Now, women are literally valued less as they age whereas men are seen as more valuable as they age this is an intentional way to stop women from rising into balance with men it's it's a literal way to keep the patriarchy the current power structure in place it's a way to take our money our time our energy and stop us from progressing fully to stop us from taking advantage of the social freedoms that we've been given now, women disproportionately get cosmetic surgery and they invest a lot more money in beauty regimes, not to mention also a lot more time. And not always because they want to, even though, don't get me wrong, I love manicures and pedicures. I love facials. I love getting my hair done. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Not at all. If you enjoy doing those things, awesome, boo, you do you. But many of us feel as though we have to do those things. Like it's not a choice. It's a requirement in order to have visibility, to be treated with respect, to be taken seriously. Like I have to shave under my arms. I have to shave my legs. I have to be, have my hair done. I have to wear makeup. I have to, you know, work really hard to stay thin and pretty because we actually know that our society oppresses us when we don't meet the standards, right? We have less visibility. We are treated with less respect. We get judged, et cetera, et cetera. And we have been told directly and indirectly that what we look like is more important than who we are and is of more value to the world than any other contribution we might be able to make in society. And there is a very re real, re real reason why, very real reason why. Now, I go deeper into this concept inside Food Body Soul, my group coaching program. Like I, I go deeper into weight discrimination and using size and beauty as a form of social control. Um, so if you're interested in learning more and you want a deep dive, I'll be opening enrollment for that again later this year. So, you know, get on the wait list. DM me to get on the wait list if you're interested. So that was just like a brief little point about that. So what I, the point I am making is that when we respond to comments this way, it's not an inherent response per se. And don't get me wrong, negative comments hurt regardless, but negative comments about our appearance can bring on a deeper hurt because of how we are programmed to value beauty in our world. We can get really triggered by them because of how emotionally attached we are to looking good as society deems it. Now, this is just a generalization, but I would argue that men are less affected by negative comments about their appearance because they are taught that what else they can offer the world is more important. Like, oh, he's ugly, but at least he's rich. Or he's ugly, but yo, he went to Harvard. Kind of, that kind of a thing, right? So 
I want you to have compassion on yourself whenever you receive these comments. Whenever you are triggered by them or hurt by them. It's okay that you are upset and I want you to know that your feelings are value are valid, excuse me. And I want you to remember that the triggers are coming from inside of you. So a lot of the work in how to deal with this is inner work. It's not necessarily about controlling or changing other people. So when someone makes these comments, it's not actually our body size and our weight specifically or people's comments per se that impact our mood or dictates how we feel. Rather, it's our perception and emotional attachment that does. Believing in the way that our culture has programmed us, believing that we are only as good as our body is deemed good, that we are only as valuable as our body is deemed valuable, that we are only as worthy as our body is deemed worthy. We believing that we are actually only okay as much as our body is deemed okay. So it's when we actually believe in that stuff from our culture, meaning we, so what I'm getting, so what I'm saying is that when you are triggered and hurt by these comments it's a reflection of the fact that we're believing in the manipulation from our society that what we look like is actually really important that it's actually really valuable and intellectually we might understand that it's not that whole like yo it's on the inside that counts but emotionally we are still operating as though it is and partly because you can look out in society and see the hierarchy of bodies you can see the social rewards or punishments given to people based on what they look like but when we believe our worth really is in our weight and our appearance when we will always be at the mercy of it and of other people's opinions of it so The way to be less triggered by these comments, the way to be less emotionally attached to these comments and to help change the way the world is about appearance is to do the inner work so you can detach your worth from your weight and appearance. You have to understand why you specifically and you uniquely feel the way you do about what you look like. And by doing that, by getting to those roots, you can then let it go. You can start to no longer be so attached if you understand why you're attached in the first place. And everyone has a unique story why. We have unique instances where like people made comments to us when we were a kid or our parents made comments to us or you know a boy made a comment or whatever. We all have unique instances. But when we understand why we're so emotionally attached, we can then discover what we need to do so that we can let go. And when we do that, when we actually understand why we're emotionally attached and we start to let go of that attachment, we can then cultivate self-worth and start valuing who we are more than what we look like. We can start to separate our worth from our weight. And then we can choose from a place of power and self-respect to stop believing in and playing by society's rules around thinness. We can choose to no longer participate in the hierarchy of bodies. We can choose to be an advocate simply by no longer believing in the beauty myth. That's the book by Naomi Naomi Wolf, by the way. So this will help massively And this is within your control. So like I had said, we cannot control other people. But we can control the meaning we attach to what what other people say about what we look like. We can control the meaning we attach to what we look like. 
we can control and decide for ourselves how much we choose to value our appearance. You know, we can choose how much weight, no pun intended there, but how much weight we want to give to other people's opinions of us. We can choose how we respond to the urge to restrict food or the urge to punish ourselves with exercise. We can choose to get curious about what parts of ourselves were triggered and learn about ourselves at a deeper level so we can heal and rise above instead of spiraling downward or being judgmental towards ourselves or being so hurt by people's comments. When we respond to body comments this way, feeling good when we're told we're tiny and feeling bad when we're told we're bigger or ugly is a reflection of our internalized anti-fatness. It's a reflection of internalized fat phobia. Our value of thin bodies being better. Our value of, you know, fitting the beauty ideal. Now again, this is because of our culture. So I'm not blaming you. But in order to change the culture, we have to change ourselves because we make up the culture. So I'm a big believer that a lot of this work is internal. We have to be willing to explore our internal bias towards fat bodies or towards, quote, beautiful people, including our own body and other people. So you no longer value appearance so much. So that you no longer see thin as good or fat as bad. Rather, you are body and size neutral. You no longer put, quote, beautiful people on a pedestal or automatically make positive assumptions about them because of what they look like. Some of this is inherent, but we can actually start to be objective when we're doing that. Now, this is where the help of a trained professional can be really helpful because sometimes we don't see our internalized beliefs as beliefs. We can see them as as truths. We can see them as being real So having someone to help you detangle them and to acknowledge when they're at play and share knowledge to actually counteract the beliefs or provide evidence to the contrary to challenge them can make this work um, more effective or, you know, can make a world of difference in in your journey and your process. So when you live and embody body neutrality, when you live and embody that you have inherent worthiness and worth outside of your weight, it has a ripple effect. It creates change amongst the culture. So I hope all of that made sense and is helpful. Now let's get to the second point, uh, or I'm sorry, the third point and part of these questions. So I'm going to repeat them so they are fresh in your mind and we're on the same page. So the first one was, how do you advise when someone or something makes you feel less than and like you have to restrict food again. So I, I answered part of that in my in the second portion. Now the next one, the second question says, what do you think? It is important to speak up for yourself or just try to make peace with yourself and not care about what others are saying. What is your advice to all women out there? Now what I would say is that it's important to do both. I think that sometimes it's important that you stand up for yourself and and I also think that it is always important to make peace with yourself and work on caring less or work on not valuing everybody's opinions. I think that it's okay to give more weight to certain people's opinions. For example, you might really value your best friend's opinion. You might really value your boyfriend's opinion, but you really don't need to give a lot of weight to like Susie108 on Instagram who's making a comment, right? I think that... Um, Whenever we're triggered, we want to explore the trigger. We want to look inward and ask ourselves like, yo, why am I so triggered? Which was what that my, the second part, my second part of the explanation answer was about. 
Now, in terms of like, do you speak up? You know, what do you say? How do you respond? What I really want to get across here is that there is no one right way to respond or deal with this. Rather, it's truly case by case. Now, the first thing I ask myself always before responding to or handling a situation that is complicated or messy or, or that is triggering to me is I ask myself, what do I want? What do I want out of this situation? How do I want to respond? What is important to me right now? And do I want to invest in the emotional and mental labor of speaking up to this person, of trying to change their mind or help them have a shift in perspective? You know, do I want to stand up for myself with this person? Is this where I want to use my energy? Or would I rather invest that energy internally? Would I rather work on making peace with myself and let it go? This is the same question that I ask my clients when they bring these types of situations my way. And it is the same advice that I would give to you is to actually ask yourself, what do you want based on each individual situation that you might encounter? How do you want to respond? What do you want from this situation in this moment? Because it can change. It can change based on how you are feeling or it can change based on the other person that is involved, right? Like, you you know, if a friend makes a hurtful comment, you might want to invest more energy in working through that hurtful comment than say a random person on the street. Which is why I don't think there's one blanket way to deal with that because it can change. There's not, you know, a straightforward standard way to respond and that's my opinion sometimes I absolutely believe the best way to handle a situation is to walk away to let it roll off your shoulders to the best of your ability and do the inner work so that you can let it go and not let it continue to affect you so you can so you can detach from the comments and the remarks and learn how to make them mean less because truly they only mean what you make them mean Sometimes I absolutely believe that standing up for yourself and letting the person know what they said was hurtful, offensive, and straight up wrong is the way to go. I do believe that there is a time and a place for letting people know how they have made you feel. And I do believe that there is a time and a place for being more active and creating change outside of yourself by having those tough, confronting, and sometimes uncomfortable conversations. Sometimes I think we have to create boundaries with people. Whatever those boundaries look like for you, but you deserve to protect yourself, to stand up for yourself. You deserve to let people know what you are or are not going to stand for. You deserve to let people know what you are, what you are willing or not willing to put up with. What types of conversations are okay with you and what types of conversations are not okay? It truly depends and you get to decide what is best for you in each situation that arises. In general, I believe that we have three ways of responding to diet culture, comments on our body, and food when they come up. The first way is that we can change the subject. If someone makes a comment about something, we can pivot the conversation. The second option is that we can walk away or remove ourselves from the conversation, right? Like, hey, I need to check my phone or like literally leaving the room or, you know, whatever. Walk away, remove ourselves from the conversation. And then three, we stand up for ourselves and we speak our truth, which is almost always the most difficult one. But I want to let you know that how you decide to respond in any given situation is up to you and it's your choice. And I want you to give yourself permission to respond in whatever way feels best for you in each situation. 
if you want to stand up for yourself and you want to speak your truth, then do it. You're allowed to. Give yourself permission. If you want to just walk away and remove yourself, then do it. Walk away and remove yourself. Invest your energy elsewhere. And if you want to change the subject but keep engaging with that person, then do that. You are allowed to respond to these in whatever way feels good. I definitely think that in general, standing up for yourself is important. I think that standing up for yourself is is valid and I want to encourage people to stand up for themselves and speak their truth. However, I also know that sometimes what is best for us and where we're at is to just walk away, is to just change the subject and that's okay. We all don't have to be incredibly vocal, you know, anti-diet crusaders, Right? I don't think that we all have to be intuitive eating cheerleaders. It is not your job to change everybody's opinion. Sometimes you working on yourself and doing the inner work and changing yourself and your attachment to these things is enough and it will have a profound ripple effect in your life. I really believe in being the change we want to see in the world. So my point is, just to recap, Acknowledge that we live in a culture that has created it as okay to make comments. Two, do the inner work and explore your emotional attachment to these comments, why they're so meaningful to you. Do the inner work so that you can detach and make them mean less, mean less, excuse me, mean less, and work on cultivating the worth outside of your weight. Explore your internalized fat phobia, your internalized anti-fat bias. And work on becoming body neutral and body neutrality. You know, work on not buying into the beauty myth so much. And know that beauty is subjective. One person might, like two people can have very different opinions of the beauty of of another person, right? We all have different things that we find attractive. And then three, decide how you want to respond based on the situation. Because there's no one right way. You get to choose what is best for you depending on the other person involved or other people involved and how you're feeling on that day. There's no one right way. So just give yourself permission to respond how you want to respond. And if you need help, right, like call a friend, call a mentor, call your therapist, call a coach, like get support in exploring what it is you want to do and what you want out of the giving, any given situation. So I hope that this was really helpful. It was definitely a involved response. I gave you a lot to think about. Hopefully it was not overwhelming. If it was, go ahead and listen to it again because I did touch on some really big concepts very surface levelly. But hopefully you walked away with some helpful information. And if you have other questions that you'd like to have answered, be sure to send them in and reach out to me. And as always, thank you for listening to the Love Your Bod Pod and I will see you all next week.